This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Your war room for insider news and draft analysis from deep within the confines of Cowboys headquarters at the Star in Frisco. The Dallas Cowboys select TD Lamb. And now, your hosts, Brian Broaddus, David Hellman, Bucky Brooks, and Kyle Yeomans. I don't think it ever really gets old hearing Brian Broaddus exclaim in the open that they took him. They took him. C.D. Lamb at 17 in 2020. But, hey, we're 99 days away from the NFL draft. It's officially double digits, and we've got a ton of draft news to break down as really the combine nixed yesterday. We're going to talk it and break it all down here for you on the DallasCowboys.com draft show. So glad you're along with us here on this Tuesday. Hope you enjoyed a very fruitful and long weekend as well. Bucky Brooks joining us, David Hellman, and then of course the great Brian Broaddus who was in the open there. Brian, you're, you're wearing the LSU. I got to watch a little Jabril Cox this week. Did a little film study on him. I know even Dave, you're, you're wearing some uh, Captain Trade Down gear. I can't really see what Bucky's wearing, but I know it's probably <laughs> something that is along the lines of North Carolina. But no, uh, no, all in. No? Oh, it's an NFL. Okay. North Carolina. He's got to be a real TV guy today, so he's got it right. He leaves this low-paying job to go to a better-paying job, is what he does. <laughs> That makes Fair. a lot of sense. I would wear the NFL shield if that were the case, too, Bucky. I'm right there with you. But uh, I like the, the Captain Trade Down shirt, Dave. I mean, you're rocking it at, at the moment. Does that mean you're officially on Captain Trade Down's right hand? I mean, are you on the horse next to him? I mean, honestly, if you want me to be honest, I just was in a rush to get dressed, and my hair was a mess, too. So I was like, what can I put on that will be company acceptable? So the draft T-shirt and the Cowboys hat felt like a good way to go. It's funny, Dave. You you know who you remind me of the way you dress? John uh, John Snyder. John Snyder was the same hobo, thing. So. John yeah. Snyder would always come into meetings like he was just like you just got him out of a bar. You know. <laughs> I was not in a Snyder, bar. Snyder wears Michigan baseball hat, a t-shirt, and flip flops and jeans, and he'd come into a meeting and he'd, he'd knock you dead by setting a board up. Man, was, we're just was, we're just four bros talking draft. This felt <laughs> that's, felt that's adequate. Exactly what it is. That's felt exactly adequate. <laughs> Uh, hey, at least funny. he compared you to a GM and a good one at that, True. and then, uh, instead of maybe a hobo. So I guess that's uh, that's a huge upgrade for David Hellman already. But well, guys, we we do have to break down some NFL Combine news, and it, I mean, depending on who you ask, it's sad or it's good or it's really uh, it's really expected is probably the best way to say it. It's expected overall because yesterday the NFL informed teams via a memo obtained by NFL Network's Tom Pelissero that the NFL scouting combine is officially changing formats. No in-person workouts. The combine will instead take place, uh, and the workouts at the combine will take place at different colleges' pro days. The interviews and psychological testing will be virtual, and there will be limited in-person medical exams, which we all know by this point, and we've talked about it previously in other years, that the medical examinations are the most important part about the combine for these front offices but Bucky this is the first time that you haven't been at a combine since what 2000 you were saying in the pre-show yeah 2000 20 years uh, how is this going to change the way that this draft is ultimately done just based off of the fact that you don't have that evaluation week 
Yeah, no, it, it'll be vastly different. I know they're going to do some virtual interviews and they'll take care of the medical stuff, but it'll be the first time that guys will really go without the in-person workouts. And I know a lot of times we don't place a lot of stock in that, but it's the first time that coaches and some of the scouts will have an opportunity to see some of these top prospects because when you're in your area, you know about your area, but you may not know what's in other parts of the country. And so the exposure will be a little different. It will put a lot on these personnel departments to go out and to make these pro day visits. There were there was a time where we were seeing more people kind of scale back on some of the pro day attendance. Well, now you'll see general managers and top personnel people crisscrossing across the country to get this done. So it will change the evaluation process a lot. But the teams that really do their due diligence on the tape work won't be adversely affected by not being able to see these guys in person. Yeah, this is going to be a tough one for the guys. You know, we always look at the combine as a great way of gathering information and more importantly, the medical information. You know, the, these scouts can do a good job of helping each other out uh, when they go to these pro days, you know, and, and the colleges over the years have, have done a better job of scheduling them where they're in the area where you don't have multiple pro days overlapping each other. So the logistics and coordination of that is going to be huge going forward, though. I do worry about the medical aspect of what's going to about to happen. Indianapolis, uh, with the hospitals they have, the MRI tubes, all those things that were available to these teams to be able to get their medical information, you know, is now going to have to go some other way. So maybe these teams will, the medical departments will set up, and and as Bucky and Dave would know, and Kyle is that you know the 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 teams do share medical information. These doctors do talk to each other and stuff like that. They're in groups as they work. So if you know you get an organization where it says, okay, let's have the Texans, uh, the Cowboys, the Saints, the Chiefs maybe have a centrally located medical deal for them, then they could share their information with all the other teams and then they could do it likewise around the country. So logistically, it's it's gonna be difficult, but the one thing that these NFL, the scouts, personnel departments have been able to do over the years is adapt to whatever change they have to make. I just, this feels like this, I mean, I know, you know, the big news, it's big news that, that the format's changing, but it just, honestly, it feels like another challenge to what they were already facing. Like, it just, it keeps happening to these to these scouts. Like, this is going to be such an unprecedented draft process, because, like, you know, typically, by the time you get here, you know, the area scouts have watched these guys for a couple of years, they've been on these school calls, they've talked to their sources, they've been to games... None of that has necessarily happened this year. Like, you know, it's been harder to go to the games. It's been harder to have access to the college's facilities. It's been harder to get, you know, get a good grasp on these guys other than just watching tape, which is nice. But none of that other stuff is as easy to get. Like, like finding out what type of guy a prospect is, uh, knowing his background, having some familiarity with him. And every year, every year, I mean, to Brian's point, there are always guys that have medical issues crop up at the Combine. That is a given. Mm-hmm. And then every year you can always tie a team. You know, the Combine is like maybe where you make your first contact where a team really decides that they're interested. And they're like, all right, we're, we're going to do some private workouts with this guy. We're going to have him to the facility. You know, Dak Prescott is a really famous one. Uh, that was really where he first popped up on the Cowboys radar. And, um, and it's just – it's. 
it's scary to think that they don't have access to any of that stuff this year and you're you're basically going to be going off of game tape and you know whatever zoom meetings you can schedule and that's just not that's not a lot of information to go on well yeah i, I think to me also the the, the thing that is going to be interesting is there a lot of these players are going to facilities to work out uh, to get ready that we're going to get ready for the combine and you know, will the NFL allow scouts like Bucky Brooks to go on the road and go to these facilities, whether it's in Los Angeles, down in Florida, Tampa area, wherever, Orlando, Dallas has a big workout facility where a lot of players go. You know, maybe that's the way that some of these scouts, the area scouts, get around uh, having to, to go to workouts and stuff because you get these guys, they'll hold these pro days potentially at these workout facilities and if that's the case maybe that'll maybe that'll alleviate some of the problems that they might have getting to the schools as we get through the spring see you know Brian, Brian, yeah, yeah, I'll, I want to bring this up real quick because like the combine kind of gets laughed at for a lot of things right they mm-hmm. they talk about the unnecessary work but one thing that will come up is we won't have official measurements on anybody like that will be a huge change. And for teams that are really standardized in terms of, hey, you have to hit certain benchmarks to be considered on our team, like it changes. For so long, we've heard voices talk about, well, I don't understand why don't they don't have laser times everywhere. And scouts, old school scouts have always said, because lasers aren't portable. My stopwatch is portable. That's why I go by my time, because I can take that anywhere and I know what that is. Where now, without official times at the combine, without being able to see it, you are really beholden to what your area scout does in terms of time, measurements, and also the background information. If they are not experienced and they don't have contacts in the building, you will have some voids in your evaluation process because you really won't know this kid that you're probably bringing in. And that's one of the biggest worries, I think, about this virtual process, Bucky. And, and Brian, you alluded to it as well. But, I mean, there are 150 schools that are hoping that players are going to get drafted from them, right? There's not 150 days until the draft. So all of these pro days that are going to be held virtually at these different departments and different schools or across the country. And, and then there's going to be extra pro days, like Bucky just mentioned, about at these, these workout facilities. And Brian talked about it in Dallas and in Tampa and all these different spots. So... How do you have that uniformity when you're going to have probably a school pro day and then you're going to probably have an, an annex pro day where you're going to put these these scouts and these these players on display again, but you got to have those times and those measurements to be uniform because at the same time, like you said, Bucky, it's not going to be the same moving forward. No, it won't be the same. And, you know, like it's already difficult enough to try and make some of these determinations and a lot of times we want to put the pin down by the time we get to the combine like hey let your grade be your grade and don't be impacted by the combine in terms of seeing a fast time and maybe it makes you kind of see like an illusion when you're watching the tape i think this will be challenging not only for the guys that played this year but what in the world do you do with the opt-outs yeah so the guys who have opted out and you haven't seen in a year and a half you have no idea what they look like. You don't have official times on them. I think it becomes an even scarier proposition at the top of the board to take some of these guys who haven't played because you really won't know anything about them when it comes to standard protocols for evaluation that we've used in the past. Yeah, last night, guys, I was watching the Sanders kid, the defensive end from Cincinnati, mm-hmm. and on tape, he doesn't look 258 pounds. 
you know but if you look at the measurables from the school and some of the things that you were able to gather it says he's a 258 pound player and i just wonder how many other scouts are going through this right now where they're looking at the speed they're looking at a height they're looking at a weight and they're thinking does that guy really look like he's 258 pounds? And, you know, you have to really, you, you got to hope right now. And a lot of these evaluations, Bucky brought it up, there's some teams that are measurable teams, you know, and their whole scouting process is based on measurables. And so, you know, hopefully, you know, number one, they can get the medical. And number two, like Bucky said, you can get the height, weight, and speed. As long as the scouts have those things, I think their eyes will tell them what the type the player is, just as long as they have the measurables to put with the player. I'm telling you right now, don't don't put any stock in measurables that you're getting from a college. That that is a dangerous proposition. Which oh no, it's, absolutely, yeah. It's a, it's a small thing, but I I was actually writing a story yesterday about some of the Cowboys DBs and, you know, some free agent DBs around the league. And I go, like, you know, all of combine measurements, they're archived on the internet, obviously. You can go back and look at them. And that's what I use. Like, anytime I need to write about a player, I'm like, let me go find the combine numbers because I promise you any team roster, college or pro, is going to try to lie to you. And so it sounds like a little thing, but... You think about the fact Dan Quinn loves taller cornerbacks with long arms. That should sound familiar from Chris Richard's tenure in Dallas as well. Well, have fun getting the accurate measurements of height and arms without without a combine. I mean, hopefully they can find a way to pull it off, but it's just another another thing that you have to worry about in a year that's full of them, obviously. Well, and you've been open about the fact that the opt-outs scare you a little bit, and I'm right there with you. I think whenever sure. it comes to a player who has not played in 2020, it, it, this makes things ultimately tougher, like Bucky was mentioning a little bit ago. But what does this do for your confidence level, Dave, in, in trying to get these measurements and trying to figure out how these players are going to test whenever they haven't actually put film on the field in a, over 12 months? I mean, I don't, I don't have, I don't know what's going to happen, but I have a solution. If I was an opt out, if I was an opt out and and I was confident in myself, I would, I would put together a reel and send it around to these guys. Like, you know, I'm thinking of my guy Jamar Chase at the top of my mind. Obviously, if I were him, I would put myself on film running the whole route tree at my training center. I would do a, a filmed weigh-in, a filmed measurement, all that stuff. Like, any information that I can get to a team, I would just send it around to every team in the league and be like, here's what I've been working on, here's what I can do, here's how tall I am, here's my arm measurements, blah, blah, blah. Especially, you know, in the case of a guy like him, you shouldn't have anything to hide anyway. So, you know, maybe that's a way around it where, you know, some of these guys can be, you know, proactive and get some of that information out there to help teams out. I think there are going to be a lot of scouts that are very crafty in the way they do things. Mm-hmm. I, I do. I, I, scouts will not be denied. You know, you think that you're roadblocked here, you will figure out a way to go around that roadblock to get what you need. You know, that's your job. You know, and you know you don't want to you don't want to do anything illegal or anything like that or try and get in trouble. But you will do whatever you have to do. I mean, I have the story of Gil Brandt running a kid in a forty-yard dash in an airport terminal is anything you need to know right there. That That is, meet me at the terminal. I know you don't have an indoor facility. It's cold outside. I'll run you. I'll mark 40 yards off in this terminal, and you can take off running. 
and won't get a tie. <laughs> so you know, uh, you know, pull chalk on the end of the finger, doing a vertical, measuring that off. You will mm -hmm. do whatever you have to do to get those numbers for your organization. And that's, that's the great beauty about being a scout, is when you hear the word no, you say yes and you keep going. You know, Brian, in, in thinking about that, and I'm sure at some point we'll talk about the senior ball, but you talk about the advantages that the kids will have next week, those that participate in the senior ball, and they're able to kind of create that lasting impression on the eyes and the minds of scouts and evaluators. That is going to carry significant favor. And I, I just believe that this year is unlike any other year where you don't get a chance to see guys play ball. And so private workouts will be important, but there are limitations on private workouts and what you're able to do. And some agents in recent years have kind of held back on exposing their guys to too many private workouts because if you get injured during a private workout, uh, you're at jeopardy. And so it just makes it very, very challenging in the midst of a pandemic where you have COVID opt-outs or whatever, like the cream will rise to the crop when it to the top when it comes to evaluators. But man, you're talking about so many obstacles and things that will prevent you from doing your job and doing it the way that we've always done it. I'm saying this with tongue, I'm saying this with tongue in cheek though. I'll draft all the opt-out players. If you guys want to take all the guys that played this year, I'll take all those opt-out guys. By the way, <laughs> let them drop to you. Let them fall a little bit. Best players. Oh, so yeah, we can, we, you can you can take all these guys that played this year. All, those opt out guys, kind of <laughs> just bring them to me. I'll, I'll be just fine drafting those guys. <laughs> well, and, and you're bound to hit one or two of those. I mean, the draft is a crapshoot, anyways. We've talked about that before. You, it's it's you're trying to gather this information to make your guess a little bit more educated than it normally would in, in any certain circumstance. And Brian, you, you were talking about the, how these scouts are going to have to get creative. I think there's going to be have have to be creativity from the school's perspectives. Right. on how they're going to live stream because Bucky's talking about crossing country and uh, all these scouts go in different spots and different schools all over the place but at the same time you want to limit your travel for the safety of your coaching staff and the safety of your, your scouting department well the way you do that is live stream so I, I'm asking you Brian do you expect to see live streamed events where scouts can set up with a, a monitor and watch these pro days virtually maybe even multiple pro days at one time yeah, I think one of the great things, and, and this is credit to Bucky and what those guys do at the NFL Network is, when they go live to show workouts, I mean, you could actually sit down and watch the workout and feel like you're getting something out of that. You know, that's that's the great thing about now watching the combine on TV. You could actually watch guys move. You could run back the what you saw. You know, all these things. There's ways of getting around this, uh, you know, clearly. And I. I do believe that the, 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 the schools are going to have to, now depending on their rules, I mean, usually schools are very welcoming. They're like, hey, come on, we love to have you. They make the pro day a big thing. Mm -hmm. They have barbecues, they have you know, dinners, whatever. They, you know, they try to do the best they can for their players and for the scouts. And, you know, but now it's going to be about, okay, how can we take our TV production department? How can we take our video department and, and film these things. The thing we have to make sure of, though, that there maybe there are one or two scouts there conducting the workouts, making sure the 40-yard dash is completely measured the right way, making sure the three cones set up the right way, making sure the vertical jump is uh, conducted the right way. You know, if I was if if I was running a, a department. I think this is what I would do once I knew the schedule, and I know Dave, you're going to hate my idea. 
I'm getting a mobile home, I'm getting a bus, and I'm just driving from location to location to location yep. is what I'm doing. I'm putting three scouts in every bus, and you know, we're gonna we're gonna make this trip around our area, you know, going to these schools is what we're gonna do. We'll park it in the parking lot at the stadium, you know, we'll stay there, we'll set up, we'll do the pro days, we'll go to the next thing. But maybe it's just an easy way just to travel my guys going from school to school, but having multiple guys there to make sure that you cover the workout like you completely need to. Why don't you just admit that you're an unrepentant junkie for a road trip? It's like you're <laughs> I love the road trip. You know I love the road trip, but yeah. I love the fact that if they told me if they told me I could do a workout at Miami, then I could go do a workout at Central Florida, then I could go do a workout at South Florida, then I could go to Florida State, Florida. You know, I mean that that's me. That's what I would love to do. And I, <laughs> I'm just trying to think without my scouts having to travel through airports. You know, just drive them through that area, though. But who, put them on who the bus. Who's doing the driving? I'm not, yeah, I'm not driving. I'm Brian, driving Bucky. all over a big Brian is. bus. I'm not driving the RV. Like who's driving the thing? Brian, I'm, I'm driving the RV. I, 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 I tell you sounds, what. <laughs> you talk about. Sounds like what we're gonna have to do. Hey, let me tell you what. This you could you could set this thing up. You could you could do film work in the back. You could get your notes together. One guy could drive. The others could work. <laughs> You can set things up. Oh, There's a productive sounds, way of doing this. That, sounds, a very that, sounds, that sounds miserable to me. That is that is Brian's <laughs> Brian's dream in life is to just be the permanent driver on like an 80-hour <laughs> road trip, and I do not understand it at all. Hey, but. I'm gonna get my area completely done. Well, everybody else is not. Yeah, everybody yeah. else is scrambling around trying to travel restrictions. I'm driving my area, and I'm just going to stay in my little area, and I'm going to I'm going to do a great job there. Great idea. Notes on the you beach guys, you South guys, beach hey, when these teams do this idea, though, you you watch. You heard it first here on the draft show. We're going to see a bunch of bunch of RV film and and media availability hey, and things of the sort. Study tape I think the while you're driving. Show, you can study these players. You never know. Oh, I, oh if if Bucky wasn't so against it, I would just we we would just. Expense it to Derek and get the draft show on the road and get all, all I, look, seven I, of us. I, great I, idea. I just I just don't want to drive. And so if you're gonna tell me we're gonna have a rock star bus and we're gonna yeah. do it like that and I'm gonna have amenities and, and all of those things, <laughs> like right, but I have this this vision of a Winnebago where we're just all cramped yeah. in eating weenies yeah. for like no, no, three no. weeks. Like, no, no. That's what Brian wants. I've done it. I've done that hey, with Brian. I can actually I can cook. I can cook. We can have Cajun meals all the whole time. Trip oh, pool I'm, boys, I'm let's so scout. In. This will be the best. Let's go. I'm, sure. I'm right there. I'll, I'll be your co-pilot, Brian. I'll be right there in the passenger seat. How about that? <laughs> oh, man. Well, I'm going to continue driving the bus here, rather, uh, on the show. We're going to take a break, and after we come back, we're going to go into Twitter on the 20. A ton of good questions to get to. Lots of prospects and, of course, some fallout from the NFL Combine news and, of course, the Senior Bowl coming up next week, like Bucky mentioned. When we come back here on the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Crizol for freedom from glare. Three cutting edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more, do more, Essilor. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. 
And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson Hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Dear, it's 1908. Don't you think we should get electricity? Hmm, and stop using candles to see at night. It's just electricity lights up the room fast. It's more reliable than candles blowing out, and people seem to love it nationwide. Well, candles are... Dear, did you just run into the wall? Nope. May I have a new candle, please? Historically, switching to new technology is a no-brainer. Today, it's AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure, and nationwide. Switch to AT&T 5G. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan. May not be in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Back here with the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. The plans of a road trip continue to blossom here in the break and continue on here on a Tuesday morning. Glad you're with us. Kyle Yeomans, Brian Broaddus, Bucky Brooks, David Hellman with you here from our virtual SWBC Mortgage Studios. It's time now for some Twitter on the 20. Twitter on the 20. And, of course, the Cowboys having to keep a close eye on what's happening around the league. And that's what our first question has to do with from Matt Thomas. He said, with the Deshaun Watson situation and the type of return he may bring in regards to what they should do with Dak in a possible trade. This is uh, I just wanted to kind of put this out there, Bucky. Or actually, let's let David Hellman take this first. Talking about... Keeping an eye on Deshaun Watson, we had to do that with the contract previously, but is there any way that picks and things like that could potentially come into play for the Cowboys and what they could do with Dak? We're talking about like trading Dak to Houston for Deshaun Watson. Is that? I don't, know, what? I don't know if it's directly talking about that. I think it's mostly just what the options are for Dak Prescott. Well, I, I mean, I just... Those those things can't be related, I don't think, unless you're like getting Deshaun Watson. And that I mean, that's my whole thing is if you're going to take on that kind of contract in Houston, why not just pay the guy that you already have? Okay. And I mean, and I've seen I've seen people suggest uh, you know a, a straight up player for player swap. I doubt that's happening um, because Houston needs draft picks. Like, the whole reason Houston would try something like this is because they have no draft capital. So, trading straight up Dak for Deshaun, just, it it, it doesn't make any sense to me because no. I think they're basically the same player. So, you're getting rid of one guy for, for Dak, you still don't have any draft picks, and then the Cowboys are just in the same spot they were, which is paying a lot of money for a quarterback that not everybody's sold on. So... 
I don't think it makes a ton of sense. I think it's far more logical to just pay the guy that's already here that you have a history with. I think I think mostly as I'm reading this question again, I think he's te- talking about the value of Dak Prescott and, and the fact that he hasn't had the long-term deal yet. And, of course, that's still going to continue throughout the offseason. Oh. Mostly, mostly the value you could get from Watson and how that compares to Dak Prescott in terms of draft options and draft capital that you could attain if you're the Dallas Cowboys. I got you. That's my yeah. bad. Uh, well, I think the conversation for a franchise quarterback, for me, the conversation starts for multiple ones, especially like you talk about, you know, that's that's what the franchise tag dictates anyway. If a player's on the tag, then, um, then you're, you know, you got to trade two first round picks to get him. Uh, so that's where it starts. I would probably try to get a little bit more, but it's hard to say for sure because these types of trades almost never happen. Like when was the last time a franchise quarterback was traded in his prime. Bucky, Brian, you guys? I don't know if it's ever been done. I don't know if if we've ever seen it done at all. I think the Deshaun Watson thing is fascinating because I think it's great for us. I think it's great sports talk radio fodder, but um, he has a no-trade clause. Um, He hasn't even got into the big money of the deal yet. And if I'm the Houston Texans, why would I even entertain trading a franchise quarterback they're so hard to find and so i know they don't have picks and all that and we all love what's behind door number one and two but i have a quarterback it is easier to start when i have a quarterback than when i don't have one yeah i think the i think the conversation about dak needs to happen the league year starts i believe march 12th or some day around that and you know they the cowboys have had the opportunity to visit with dak prescott and at least exchange ideas since the season's been over and maybe when the the new league year starts then that's the momentum that it's like okay this deal is done let's go forward let's get it signed and now we can start the offseason like it needs to be had but I do feel like, though, that if you get to the 1st of April and you don't have an extension done with Dak Prescott, then some of our draft shows need to be about talking about what quarterbacks are available. That that is reality there. Because if you can't get this done by the time you draft, then you have to be thinking like, I don't know if this is going to get done long term. I've got to maybe move on and uh, and try and make something else happen here. That would be the only time. It's either sign Dak or trade Dak. That's that's yep. that's there's no in between for me. But yep. really my drop dead date is really the 1st of April and if I don't have it done by then, I'm starting to I'm starting to talk to teams about our situation here with the Cowboys. I'll throw this in. This is just off the top of my head. If you want Dak Prescott if you're another team and you want Dak, I need two firsts, uh, at least. So I, I need this year's first, next year's first, then probably also your second round pick in this year's draft, and a starter caliber player that's on your roster right now, preferably a Pro Bowl caliber player. That's like that's my starting point. Yep. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. There's there, yeah. You definitely you definitely going to need the first this year because you're going to need to take that one potentially and go back up in the draft if you want to yep. get to say Cincinnati at five. You're going to have to give them pick 44. But to really sweeten this thing, if you had an extra one, you can take your 10, that one, and then elevate that thing and go and get you a quarterback to make sure that you protected yourself going forward because you've made the trade. Bucky, did you think my price was too much or not enough? 
I mean, that's very, very pricey. Like, oh yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> I know. Like, well, you gotta we, look at. We, we know, you gotta, no, no. We know you kept the number four. Like, I, I, I get that. <laughs> but two first, a second, and a Pro Bowl player. Like that Preferably. is. That is a lot. So you know what I'm doing? I'm, I'm hanging up and saying, you know what? We're going to try and find it. We're That's fine. It That's fine because I don't, I don't want to yeah. trade him anyway. That's yeah. fine. No, but you've but, but you, you got to protect yourself. I mean, it, we, we, we're, it, it, the price is, you know, the price is whatever they make it. But, you know, you, you got to look at what a guy like Laramie Tunsil went for. you got to look for what the guy, and, and I know mm-hmm. it's a different position, you got to look and see what you know the guy at the Bears, what what he went for. Khalil Mack, he went for two ones. Yeah, mm-hmm. see, so that's where you're starting. To, that's where you have to sit there and think, okay, I need to get this thing done. I'm not trying to hold people up. I'm trying to trade him, but I'm also trying to get that. I'm trying to get two ones out of the deal as a as my bottom line because yeah. I need the one to get back to where I need to go to get a new quarterback. And so, yeah, I mean, we could we could we could all kind of say, "Oh, well that's too much of this." It's someone always is willing to pay, but you have to make sure that if you're moving on from the quarterback, you have to make it inviting for the other team to be willing to make the deal. You don't want to just hammer it so hard that all of a sudden that nobody wants to do the deal. You know, and then you have to come back with hat in hand and try and do this all over again. You want to make sure that it's a deal that works for you, works for the player, and then you can you can go from there. So I think the answer to Matt's question, whenever it came to should the Cowboys keep an eye on Watson's situation, the answer is yes, to see what that kind of ransom would be in order to get him out of Houston. And the same thing for Dak out of Dallas. Should things go wrong situationally for the Cowboys in these negotiations as we continue on into the draft? process okay this is a good question from cowboys coffee talk i really like and he said he's a big uh big fan of the show you guys so he loves you guys wanted to to throw that out there he said i'm a big believer in upgrading defensive tackle however i am told there's a few difference makers out a few difference makers outside of maybe a christian barmore from alabama and and do you have any day two defensive tackles that the cowboys could potentially target bucky brooks you know, like this defensive tackle class is really, really weak. Like, I, I, that's rough. I, I mean, rough. it is really, it's really rough to say that you can find someone that will upgrade what is currently there in Neville Gallimore and Antoine Woods and those guys. Um, if you're going to go, I think if I'm going to try and upgrade the position, then I'm gonna try and spend the capital to get the guy at the top, and that would be Barrymore. But I'm not gonna take him at ten. Uh, I think he's a guy that should fall in the twenties. Um, if that, because I have some, some concerns because he flashed at the end of the year, but his year was inconsistent in terms of his level of dominance. I'm just a little leery on him and, and taking him there. And so I think the Cowboys might be better served to look for the upgrades at D-Tackle, potentially in free agency, as opposed to the draft. Bucky, what did you think about the Washington kid, O2E-Z-K? I think yeah. it's E-K? Ozur, how we say these names wrong? Ozurike. Ozurike, yeah. I think it's something like that. Yeah. Levi Ozurike from Washington. Did you did you see him at all? It's six three, two hundred ninety yeah, like, pounds. Yeah, two hundred ninety pounds. He's active. He's he's able to 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 make and, and control the line of scrimmage or whatever. The thing about it is, like watching guys against Pac twelve linemen is yeah. really really hard because how many pros are he play, Is he really playing against? And so his level of dominance is is solid, but. I would feel 
better about him if I saw him dominate against SEC yeah. competition. Well, he's another opt-out, so too. This is yeah, another guy you know, who's an so, opt-out, but he's a Senior Bowl invite, so he's going to be at the Senior Bowl, so you get to see him there, but he did opt out of the 2020 season. Yeah, and, and but to Bucky's point, I think, and then there's the kid, uh, Tuafele, I think is how you say it, the kid mm-hmm. from USC. USC. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we're, okay, we're talking about potential second-round type guys. Those would be, you know, a, a guy I really liked. I like the Nixon kid from Iowa. I I think, to your point, Bucky, yeah, it's weak. I think Barmore has helped himself, though, the last couple of games mm-hmm. out. You know, it's like people have like, oh, well, he's gone from a guy that you would take at, at 25 to maybe a guy you would take at 15. You know, it, you know, it, it, it maybe he's he's made that kind of jump. But those two Pac-10 kids, and again, the, the Iowa kid, Nixon, you know, I think those are kind of second-round guys that, that that maybe that you know that, that that could go in and play well for somebody. I know watching those Pac-12 kids play that they were they were really active. You know, they were active. They were playing outside the tackle box. Mm-hmm. They were getting up the field. They were being disruptive. Tackles for loss. You know, pressure on the quarterback in the pocket. You know, I both think that the, the, those under tackles, those three techniques that, you know, Cowboy fans and if your team's a 4-3 team, you know, that's that three technique that we're talking about, that under tackle. But those are a couple of names of guys. I mean, again, I butcher names, but if you, I watch them play, yeah, I kind of saw like second, third round kind of of talent there myself. Okay, this is actually this is really timely because he declared last night. But what do y'all think about Tommy Togiai, the uh, Ohio State defensive tackle? Because mm-hmm. I haven't done a deep dive by any means yet. But he kicked Clemson's ass, and I have a feeling they missed him dearly against Alabama. 6'2", 300 pounds, uh, played fantastic for Ohio State, which, you know, again, that's that's a program, mm-hmm. you know, there's three to five programs where if you did it at that program, I trust that you can do it in the NFL, and Ohio State's one of them. So where- well, he's, he's going to come into the league um, fully equipped. Because Larry Johnson, one of the best D-line coaches yeah, that you've absolutely. seen. When you look at the work that they've done at Ohio yeah. State and the guys that have come out of there, they all play. And so mm-hmm. from Devon Hamilton to the Stars, Nick Bosa and all those guys, they Chase play. Young. And so, yeah, they great hand skills. He's going to come off. He has a motor. He can control it at the line of scrimmage. Those are the things that you like. And in a class where it's really hard to distinguish who are the top ones from the others, sometimes you have to lean towards are they skilled? Because that's the evaluation. The evaluation comes to talent versus skill. And the skilled player may give you more pop initially than the more talented player. Because when you think about COVID and the lack of reps and practice time and all those other things, you kind of need a right now player. And those who have the skills already are going to have a chance to play and make an impact right away. Yeah, I think that's a a great way to look at this defensive tackle class because, like we already talked about with the draft, I mean, ultimately you're going to have trouble trying to figure out the measurables, and defensive tackle is one of the spots where you kind of need those measurables to make at least a a pick, and you need some tape to go with. I think, lucky enough for... uh, I can't say his name either, Brian. I'm right there with you, buddy, in terms of butchering names. I'll get there at some point. But the the Washington defensive tackle, at least he's going to the Senior Bowl. At least he's somebody that you'll get to see 
on the field with other competition at some point and put some film out there as a 2020 opt-out. There's not a ton of those guys, but he is one of those guys that will be out there. Okay, moving on. Another question here. We'll, yeah, we could get maybe one or two more here. Um, let's go to the Senior Bowl wide receivers. And, and, Bucky, you wanted to talk about the Senior Bowl wide receivers. I mean, we saw another one yesterday commit, and, of course, Heisman Trophy winner Devontae Smith. But some of these other guys, like a Des Fitzpatrick or an Amari Rogers, Dwayne Eskridge and Tylen Wallace out of Oklahoma State. Michael Davenport asked this question. But in terms of the group of wide receivers, Bucky, that you've seen commit to the Senior Bowl, what do you think about this group overall? And is there anybody late round the Cowboys could potentially look at? Look, I, I think this is a really good group. I think it's a really good class. I think it's solid. I think you have a bunch of technicians that will do their work. Tylen Wallace is certainly someone that is intriguing. Um, he popped his ACL a year ago, but came back and was very, very productive. Normally, it takes two years before you fully activated and right coming off of that. He is someone that you definitely need to keep an eye on. I think the guys to really watch, because I, I think when I look at the evolution of what the Cowboys could do at wide receiver, I believe Amari Cooper is going to be number one. CeeDee Lamb is going to be number two. I think maybe eventually they move on from Michael Gallup, because I just don't know if they can pay all three. Um, Amari Rogers is interesting. It's T. Martin's son, uh, who is now at Tennessee, the Tennessee legend, whatever. But he's a fantastic slot player. I do wonder if at some point you're going to move C.D. Lamb to X, have Amari Cooper at Z, and then maybe need a slot receiver, or do you find that X receiver? So Amari Rogers is someone that I would keep an eye on. Eskridge is also someone who has speed and has some get down that fascinates me a little bit. A couple other guys there, like a, a, a Kadarius Tony. I don't know if you would yep. have a chance at getting him later in the in the draft, Brian. But I mean, at least out of a guy that's exciting to watch at the Senior Bowl, he's up there. Anybody that sticks out to you, though? No, I think that Bucky did a really good job. I, you know, I think that Jim Nagy, you know, he he took over for Phil Savage, and Phil for a long time did a really great job of of you know evaluating bringing players in i think jim Nagy has taken it to a whole nother level mm -hmm. i i never believed and even though that you know he got smith from alabama to show up he's got the busted finger but he's been a part of this and it's good for the kid but Nagy's done a great job with that and, and i think that bucky's dead on about these receivers i will say this about tony and i i, I i'm kind of here in, in the tradition of florida receivers there's some off the field things that you need to uh, to worry about there. So, so he'll he'll get he'll get drafted. Everybody will complain about him. He'll probably make plays, yeah. but but when you watch him on tape, man, he is a nightmare. He reminds me very much of when we we talked about uh, like Rondell Moore from Purdue. Mm -hmm. That same kind of like get the ball to him, and now it's hold your breath. You know situations on defense, so uh, I, I do like what Nagy's done with that group. I'm looking forward to seeing those guys and how the kind of week that they they have at practice. I will give you one that may not be a Cowboys target, but one that we always see these guys in the second and third round that pop. Mm -hmm. uh, Trayvon Grimes from Florida. Mm. He could be a guy that you need to keep an eye on in that what I would call that Mike Thomas, Mike Evans mold. When he was coming out of high school, he's a five-star recruit. He goes to Ohio State, has a family issue, comes back to Florida. But size, athleticism, take it off the rim, big body, physical. We're seeing that these big body playmakers can dominate just with their physicality on the perimeter. He is one that I would keep an eye on that. He may not go like early, like 
high second round, but second, third round, he is one that I'll keep an eye on that we go look back at like, oh, how do we miss him? Well, and Dave, we saw last year guys like uh, uh, maybe like a Denzel Mims who didn't, of course, have a great rookie season. But, I mean, it was a great wide receiver class overall last year, and the senior oh. bowl kind of reflected that. That's, I mean, this this class is good, and I was I was going to bring up the two Florida kids for sure. Uh, I, I, I don't know if it's just because he wears number one, but Kadarius Toney just feels like Percy Harvin all over again to me. Um, Same personality. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 that oh one, boy! I, I was just gonna left that, leave that part. Oh boy! I was gonna leave there that part on. I was gonna leave that part on set. I was gonna hey, leave Bucky, that part on set. Bucky, I didn't want you to be oh, alone gosh. in this draft show. You know what I'm yeah. saying? You guys, I didn't, I didn't want you to be alone. Oh goodness! I think I do. I think last year's class was probably a little bit more star-studded. Uh, you brought up Mims. You know, Van Jefferson was down there last yeah. year as well. He obviously Chase had. Claypool. Chase Claypool, yeah, I forgot Chase Claypool was there. You're right. Um, yep. So I think probably a little more star-studded, but I think the world of Tylen Wallace. And, yeah, I mean, to Brian's point, I think thir- 2013 was my first year really covering the draft. And, you know, like the, the Senior Bowl used to get some good players, but, like, people people kind of used to roll their eyes. And, I mean, mm-hmm. you, you can't argue. Obviously, like, the best of the best draft prospects are always going to be underclassmen because if you're that good, you're going to go pro before you're a senior. But they consistently get the best possible seniors. I mean, they got freaking – they got Baker Mayfield, the number one pick yeah. in the draft, yep. to go to Mobile. Uh, you know, the, the fact Herbert that – last year. They got, I mean, they got Devonte Smith, who he doesn't need to do anything to be a top ten pick, and they still got him to go. You know, he's going to go down there and compete. I think it's awesome. You know, props to to Jim for doing that because it's on a whole another level from where it was even four or five years ago. Mm-hmm. It really is fun to watch, and it makes it a, a spectacle. And unfortunately, of course, it's going to be a lot virtual this year. But ultimately, it's something that I know uh, will will grow amongst these players and amongst the league, really, as, as Nagy's really done a great job with it. But uh, let's go ahead and take our second break. When we come back, I want to kind of attack a couple more questions. We had a lot of Twitter on the 20 questions that centered around the linebackers and should the Cowboys have a linebacker up at the top of the board and if it's a linebacker, who should it be? We'll talk about that when we come back. On the other side of the break, you're listening to The Draft Show. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Crizol for freedom from glare. Three cutting edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more, do more, Essilor. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. 
Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Dear, it's 1908. Don't you think we should get electricity? Hmm, and stop using candles to see at night. It's just electricity lights up the room fast. It's more reliable than candles blowing out, and people seem to love it nationwide. Well, candles are... Dear, did you just run into the wall? Nope. May I have a new candle, please? Historically, switching to new technology is a no-brainer. Today, it's AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure, and nationwide. Switch to AT&T 5G. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan. May not be in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Final couple minutes here of the DallasCowboys.com draft show. As always, Bucky Brooks, Brian Broaddus, David Helman, I'm Kyle Yeomans, and we just got done with some great Twitter on the 20, and appreciate all you guys sending in your questions every week. Of course, these guys every Tuesday, 10 o'clock Central Time, join them every week. It's it's fantastic, the, the format that we have this year, that we get so many different personalities and thought processes with the draft, and, and we, we see that again here today. We'll be back on Thursday, 10 a.m. Central Time with Dane Brugler, Jeff Cavanaugh, and Kevin Turner uh, as a part of the show. But guys, we, we just went through a little bit of some Twitter on the 20, and we asked a lot of questions about the quarterbacks and the offense and even a little bit of defensive tackle, but there were a, a couple questions about linebacker, and this, including this one from Travis Ferguson, who said, who would you rather have on this Cowboys team? And that's either Micah Parsons or Zayvon Collins, the linebacker out of Penn State with Parsons and Collins being out of Tulsa. And there's a lot of form issue, or not really form, but at least play style I think that was kind of differing between the two. And who would you rather have, Brian, whenever it comes to these two guys? And is linebacker a huge need for this team, or at least a priority for this team heading into the draft process? Yeah, I don't know if Bucky – I know Bucky is probably seeing the player. I don't know if Dave has. I watched Collins myself, and I kind of see a 3-4 Sam linebacker there. I don't know what his fit really is for a 4-3 scheme. So – you know, maybe in the old regime, Collins would have been a guy that you would have jumped on board for. But I, I didn't. I didn't really see. I didn't see stuff where I felt like. I mean, I, good player. The size is incredible. How big he is, and mm-hmm. you know, you watch him in these games. I think you know, there was a couple of games where he was. Uh, you know, he had key. He got forced key turnovers in the game, but. I, the, the more I watched, the more I thought, well, he this is a, just a big on the line, you know, Sam linebacker is what I saw, and you know, because you know, with his size and stuff, and I, I think with if you gave me a choice, I'm not a huge fan of Parsons. I really do like uh, I do like Bolden a lot from from Missouri is a guy mm-hmm. that I, I'm kind of a, become a fan. I watched Dylan Moses last night, and there's some things about him that are that are good to to go, but. I think with Collins, if you gave me a choice between Collins and Parsons, I don't know if I would choose either one of those guys. You know, just for where I, for where you have to choose Parsons, I, I don't think I would do it. And but Collins, I kind of feel the same way. I think he's kind of a just a one position guy. Uh, you know, going forward here, so I, I wouldn't go either one of those guys as my linebacker. You know, Brian, I, I think it's important now that we have to bring Dan Quinn and his history into the fold and the loop. And I don't think either one of those guys are his type of players when it comes yeah. to the linebacker yeah. position. You look at the guys that they drafted 
at Atlanta. It was the, I won't say the undersized, but it was the super Runners. athlete, run, yeah. fast, yeah. go. Now, I don't want to do the, the alma mater homer, but Chaz Surratt would be more of a fit from North Carolina. He'll be more of a fit in that style of defense to play that role. So whether you're talking about supplanting Jalen Smith or whatever, but someone that can run and chase and be active and run down the seam and blitz and do those things, he would be more of that style linebacker that you're talking about in the second round or something like that. Even a kid from Ohio State, you know. Yeah. Bucky, Brown. do you worry Bucky, yeah, do you like worry Brown about the do you worry about the conversion, you know, Cherez yeah. was a he was a he was a quarterback yeah. And then, you know, converted to linebacker. I mean, the, the kid does run well. He does make some plays. Is the learning curve too much for him, or is it you're just basing on traits that maybe you'll get that that guy at the next level? Well I, well, I think now, like, the way that we have to look at linebackers, like our old school thought process of, like, hey, can he take on? Can he shed? Yeah, can sure. he fill up in the gap yeah. and smash yeah. a fullback? Like, now we're seeing – if your linebackers can't run and chase, you have no chance. If they can't no do anything right. in either coverage or blitz, you don't have to do it. And so, look, man, we, we just saw Patrick Queen come out of nowhere to be like a, yep. a top pick. And it, he hadn't played much, but he flashed and he popped and he did those things. And so, for Chaz, the conversion is unconventional going from quarterback to linebacker. But the athletic traits are ridiculous when you dig in his background and you kind of see where he's at. Oh, no, absolutely, yeah. The more you do dig in on him, it's impressive. I mean, you can watch him throw the ball as a quarterback, <laughs> and then you can watch yeah. him sack a quarterback. You know, he it's kind of a lot of fun. He doesn't throw well, but, yeah. No, he's, he yeah, his left well. hand, not very good. Well. Yeah, not along, good. along this same line of thinking, and, I mean, yeah, it's hard not to think about Deion Jones when you think about Dan Quinn. Mm-hmm. Uh, am I crazy for thinking of Jeremiah Wusu Koromoro when you say that? I no. Th- no. I think, man, I why do I see a strong safety there, Bucky and Dave? Why? Because he's because he's two hundred and fifteen pounds. I yeah, watch him tiny. cover. I watch him cover in the slot. That kid makes a ton of plays. I mean, he's a lot of fun to watch. I mean, I go back to this is how far back I could go. He's not as fast as Darren Woodson, but I remember Darren Woodson playing linebacker at Arizona State in 1992. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was sitting there thinking, man, is this guy a strong safety? Because you do see him play in the yeah. slot, you do see him cover, you do see him carrying tight ends. You know, you see him rushing. He made a huge play in that Clemson game, the the yep. game that was played in South Bend. Yep. So I'm thinking, is this guy a linebacker? Is he a strong safety? Man, Which, I mean, but I love the player. Don't get me okay, wrong. I love now, that player. Y'all, y'all tell me this because if this was two years ago, I would have said, well, Rod Marinelli hates jackknife players. He wants everybody to have a clearly defined role. Yeah, it's just important. Should yeah. I expect? Should I expect that from Dan Quinn? Or I mean, like Buda Baker's a great example. The Cowboys uh-huh. didn't have any interest in Buda Baker. Could I get my hopes up that maybe it would be different under Dan Quinn? Like, does a utility guy like that? fit into this defense here here's what i would tell you the challenge in that right it's the same conversation and debate that you would have with isaiah simmons last year right another looks, one yeah it looks it looks great from our end like his scouts were like oh he can do this he can do that yeah. he can do this but then coaches tell me okay well what room does he go to when it's time for position yeah. meetings yeah how do we get him reps to do all of these things that you're banting about how are we going to figure this out and so 
when you think about that, it's easier when you have a guy that has a clearly defined role because at least you know, worst case, I can put him here and he can survive or whatever. And then if we can expand it, he can thrive. I think the kid that you're mentioning, I think we have to look at the game differently now. I think the days of, A, the strong safety, linebacker, whatever, I think teams are playing nickel and dime anyway. Yeah. And if, yeah. if you can get on the field, you can run and chase and make plays, we throw you out there and we call you whatever we call you when we roll the lineups on the bottom third. But when you play the game, it's give me the 11 best guys and I got to put 11 best athletes on the field and kind of figure it out. And so yeah. hopefully he, Dan Quinn, has some of that in his repertoire because you don't want to miss out on some of those players that you can get as impact players because speed is everything in this game. Well, in talking about guys with these these physical attributes, and, and maybe this guy's a little bit bigger, but I know y'all's LSU Tiger and Jabril Cox. I mentioned that I watched him yesterday and got to kind of watch a little bit of the Tigers. I like I like his size. I mean, 6'4", he's got long arms, and ultimately he was better on tape in 2020 than he was even playing against lesser competition, I think, against uh, uh, back before his time at LSU when he was at North Dakota State. But I would put him right in that conversation of a Chaz Surratt and a, a, a Jeremiah Wusukor Mora, and maybe even a Baron Browning. I think there's a lump of linebackers that are in the second and the third round that the Cowboys could potentially be interested in and maybe even upgrade over what they have already, guys. I don't like bringing up LSU players because I don't want people to think I'm a homer, but Jabril Cox can play. Absolutely. I think he's a baller. He can. He can. No, he, he, he can, like, he, he's physical. He can cover at least decently. I don't know. I don't know where you would have to draft him, but he's he's a good football player. I I love that. I love I'll, your idea, Kyle. Love yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll say this though about him though. When he was coming out, when he, when the season started, you know, the two national the, the national scouting and Blesto scouting, Blesto had a second round grade on him. So scouts going in to LSU had a grade of a one two seven on him. That's like a late mm. two going in and so yeah that's that that's 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 pretty heady stuff right there for a transfer that's and the kid the kid what they want a ton of games at north dakota state guys a champion he mm -hmm. on, a, on an lsu team that struggled so bad on defense he was one of the bright spots that they had a yeah. clear bright spot yeah well you're seeing more of those guys play and so i wouldn't discount it and so i think the sweet spot for those linebackers anywhere the second and third round yeah. and so yeah. when we're looking at trace and we're looking at what can they do well he can run and chase he can yeah. cover in space he can do some of the things that you have to do because you have to think about the teams that you're playing in the division and when yeah. you think about who is going to deal with Antonio Gibson floating out the backfield and doing all the stuff that he could do for the Washington football team or Miles Sanders for Philadelphia or when Saquon Barkley comes back? You better have someone on your second level who can handle those matchups and quickly close and defend those guys. And so I think speed has to be something that is addressed because Jalen Smith doesn't have the speed to be able to do it. And even though you may be hamstrung with this contract, I think at some point you have to find more speed to put at the second level to be able to deal with the teams in the division. Change of direction is huge. I mean, yes. when you're watching this tape, if you're watching a linebacker that can't change direction, you might as well turn off the tape because that is so huge. I mean, it's it's unbelievable you know, how you watch these games and how they're affected by guys not being in position because they can't change direction. That's kind of why I like Nick Bolton a lot, because I think he yeah. can change direction. I think he's a guy who's athletic enough. Same thing with Jabril Cox. I mean, there was really no issue on tape, at least from what I was seeing, uh, in terms of changing direction. Now, 
does it kind of deter you the fact that there's no top end linebackers in this draft or are you okay taking no. a, a second or a third round guy like this because I mean you've invested a, a first round pick in Leighton Van Der Esch and a second round pick in Jalen Smith with your linebackers already are you okay investing a high enough pick but still kind of I guess in the later part still kind of taking a risk in trying to replace one of those two guys Linebackers are the running backs of defense. You should be able to find good ones all over the place. Ooh, yeah, I, like I said what I said. What I said. Oh my I, god! Oh, Bucky's oh, gonna kill no. me. Bucky's gonna go kill like, me. So, so here, here, here's here's what I here's what I get, and <laughs> and I understand this because like it's it's the thing. Like we like to theorize like these things, and, and it makes sense. It's almost like hey, <laughs> never take a guard. Out, never never take uh-huh. a guard in the top ten. Don't take running backs. Don't take this. I would say this: if the talent. Mary's being able to take someone in the first round, Fair. take a good player. But yes. if not, if there's a surplus, yeah, you can you can find them everywhere. I would say because I saw you think about Devin White kind of changing your mind. Yeah. Like good players make good teams. If so you if you promise me, if you promise me, I'm getting Devin White. That's a well, different conversation, right? It, it depends on what comes out. I think what you can do is manufacture. That and I think what we do is sometimes, particularly when we're with teams, we we manufacture the position of need to say, hey, you know, we're at ten. This guy's that, as opposed to no, he's not a. We can't take him at ten because he's not that because we're only setting ourselves up to fail. I think take really good players and if but, there's a Patrick Willis, take a Patrick Willis. Having said team, that, you know, having said that, and I mean, you're you're right. I mean, if a guy, if he's that good, you should take him regardless Boy, of what he plays. You're such a coward, Helmut. No, no, uh, what but are you doing? Uh, Brian, the guy Brian, the guy shut just, up, Brian. The guy shut just up, Brian. Hit you there in the cap and you folded. Is there a linebacker in this draft that's worth that pick? At ten? At ten? Yeah. No. 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 There's yeah. not, and that's the like. I that's take anybody did. It's like anybody did. I, but I, I wouldn't. But either. I would say the thing: the way you feel about linebackers is the way I feel about wide receivers. Yeah. I believe you don't need to take a wide receiver in the first round. Uh, there's that. There's that Green Bay Packer coming out of the right now. I, I go back and forth. I'm looking. I'm looking at Devontae Adams. I'm looking yeah. at Stephon Diggs. I'm looking at Michael Thomas. I'm Adam looking Lazar. at AJ Brown. I'm looking, at, I'm looking at all these dudes. I'm yeah. like, I mean, do I really need to fork over a first round pick? It also helps yeah. if your quarterback is good. But yeah. I, I mean, do I need yeah. to invest? In any of those things, like quarterbacks, yeah, but offensive tackles, pass rushers, and corners. Well, like, so that actually, that's that's kind of the point that I'm making, and like I get it, I get it. Mm-hmm. Once you once you cross a certain certain threshold, you're worth drafting. But like I'm over here thinking about Deion Jones, picked in the yeah. middle of the second round. Yeah. Our our old friend Anthony Hitchens was a fourth round pick, still yeah. playing great for Kansas City. If I'm drafting in the top ten, I want one of those money positions. I want yep. coverage. I want pass rush. Uh, yeah, like a great offensive tackle, or if you yeah. need one, a quarterback. Like that's what I'm looking for more so than a linebacker. Oh, I so you're that. not. You're yeah. saying linebacker is not a money position? I mean, do we need to no. get into this? Even though we're over it's not, it's not. It's not. Not in today's NFL. I just want to in, unless 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 they can get after the passer, like. Mm. Whoever you take in the top 10, top 15, they have to be able to impact the quarterback in some way. Either protect him, make the game easy for him, knock him down, or eliminate his passes. It has to be something in that. If it's a linebacker that's just an old two-down linebacker, we can't get those guys anywhere and everywhere. Yeah. 
I, I think there's plenty of those guys sprinkled throughout the, the day two picks in the second, third round. And I think the Cowboys, I would honestly, if, if it's not a defensive tackle in the second round, I think it would probably be a linebacker. At least that's from initial thoughts. And sure, there's a lot of evaluation to still be had whenever it comes to that position. I was going to say, you're just players. trying to put the draft class together in January. I, 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 exactly. Like, there's still a ton of time left, and I understand this. And there's not even a combine to go by. But... If I had to do it today, that's probably what I think it would be. But that's going to do it for us here on the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. So fun to be with you guys here over the last hour. And we'll be back on Tuesday, 10 a.m. Central, Thursday with the other group. Just be sure to join us. But for Bucky Brooks, for Brian Broaddus, and for David Hellman, I'm Kyle Yeomans. Special thanks to Chris Bean back in studio. We'll see you next time on the Draft Show. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this,